0: This segment of Off the Huzzle is powered by sasgolfer.com.
1: He gave it away! Koser scores! 5 on 5 Scores!
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 28 of Off the Huzzle. Today's a Patrick Chantley podcast as he is number 28 on the FedEx Cup standings. My name is Drew Koser. I am your host. And as always, I am joined by my brother and co host, Troy Koser. Hello. Well, we're back in action. We're in the studio here at Timberstone Distribution. As always, thank you so much, DK. Um, well, Troy, it feels like it's been, you know, eternity since we've chatted last. How's it going? I know you had a long time off. You were at the lake had some fun, I'm sure you're fishing, uh, we'll talk about some golf, and that's where you're at right now, and you yeah, had a little bit of a rough weekend, so let's uh, let's start off right off the top with you, what's going on?
0: Well, the holidays there, came back last week to record with you, went back out to the lake, got in some golf, got some fishing in, not bad weather, came home on uh, this past Saturday, thank God, we were going to stay out another day, and... Uh, yeah, got home, and then the wife said, hey, maybe just go downstairs and make sure everything's okay, because we were away for quite some time. Yeah. Walked downstairs, and uh spoosh, whole basement flooded. Uh. Yeah. And I know you're not one for free ads, but uh, i got to really thank Cameo. They did a hell of a job here the last couple of days, tearing out our basement, drying it out, and yeah, now the fun stuff begins, so.
2: Well, it's perfect I mean, now that're house all the time, no I mean maybe not a free ad now you don't push them now for uh, for a sponsor for yeah, the show <laughs> actually not a bad idea
0: but no it was uh it was quite a mess um yeah, is what it is so
2: well, I'm sorry to hear that to me, i mean i remember you texted me at home and you're like, uh, do my basement's flooded, and I thought maybe a drip or you know a leak pipe or you know with all the rain that we've had here i mean that's yeah like i said that's terrible news and i hope that everything gets cleaned up and a uh, big fat check comes your his way to take care of all that stuff for you um <laughs> let's uh let's talk about uh edders though i heard there's some rumblings Have we had a buddy of mine denon bush a little shout out for there, denon um he mentioned uh, he dm'd us and saying hey I've, i heard there's a golfers out there too and you mentioned it as well uh let's just talk about that quickly troy
0: yeah so they opened up a driving range last year and I know Drew, you know, with my my health issues last year even I was doing radiation and stuff, but I spent a lot of time out at Edders. And they built or designed a, a driving range, which I spent a lot of time out there. It's two bucks for fifty balls, a dollar for twenty five. I mean you can't go wrong. Um, so this year there was rumblings of uh, a golf course being cut out there. Now I I guess twenty five years ago the government had approved for a nine-hole, like, supposed to be a really nice, beautiful golf course. But I guess Rowan's ended up getting the funding from the government at the time. Edders never got it. Long story short, was out there, and I happened to notice flags sticking in the ground. So, (laughs) contact... Not by accident. No, no. So, contacted (laughs) one of the local guys there that we know, out of the cabin, and they said, yep, they got six holes open, and they were cutting the last three holes this week. So, I ended up... I emailed... Uh, his name's Keith. Uh, uh yeah, Keith. <laughs> and he 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 phoned me, and he wanted me to go out on the side by side with him because he asked for. He doesn't golf. He knows nothing about golf. Yeah. He flat out told me that. So he he, wanted, and, he and he's
2: designing the golf course. Yes. Okay. And
0: he wanted <laughs> some feedback, so I gave him some honest feedback. I said, okay, well, we need to get some yardage markers at, at the tee off box first of all. Yeah. A little unless you got a bushnell, you, know, you don't know how far you are, right? Yeah. So. We're going to go out on the side by side, do some yardage marking. And then I said, well, you know, let's get some, at least some, some hundred outs you know, some reds, maybe some whites, uh, found it is government funded, but it's a slow process. Um, they can't use, I, well, I knew this, they, they shut off oil, sand greens, I don't know, three, four years ago, but he's got a chemical that he can use. It is going to be a sand green for now. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's brand new. It happened
2: like two weeks ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but honestly, nice little track for the six holes that we played. Like we would, we did one, two, three, four, five, six, six, and one. Nice. So I know it's only eight holes, but, um, and then we hit the driving range after. So, and, and, and the fees real cheap. Donation? Donation. Nice. So, I mean, we threw, I threw five bucks in there for Jill and I. Um, and then we went to the range.
2: Dollar hole almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you know <laughs> what? It's something you've been out there's beach. Um, maybe they, you, they maybe, need it though. Maybe you're not a fisherman and I know you're not on
2: I, I i would go yeah but i'm a guy that want to go on the lake all day and then you know hey let's go play nine holes
0: well it's it, it's funny you say that because we ended up going out fishing uh friday morning i think it was we went out a couple times but friday morning and the wind started picking up a little bit and and jill looks at me and she goes well you know we could just go go do some golf if you want and i turned the boat around instantly and went back to the launch put the boat back up we went golfing again and now there's a golf course out there I give a shit about fishing, to be honest.
2: Maybe the two best words, maybe, or not two best words, but maybe the best words from a wife or, you know, a girlfriend or whatever it is, you can go golf or let's go golf. <laughs> let's turn that puppy around. We're going to the links.
0: And, and you know, I, I, I'm not trying to make this a, a me segment, but. Uh, it's okay. It's been pretty cool with Jill. She's really, really getting the golf itch. Never really golfed before. And I think she's been out probably seven, seven eight times nice. right in on. the last few weeks. And I know we're going to head out again. And she's getting better. I mean, she's enjoying it. So. Nice. Anyways, how was your weekend?
2: Uh, good. Played, uh, Got out playing some golf. Actually, I mean, like, I was well. obviously running my hockey camp the past week, so busy with that. And then got out playing on Saturday. I played a match. Um, you know, Pat Marcia and Holty, a fireman, weapon. And, uh, I and mean, Josh Marcia, Pat's son took down the two veterans there in a match there to Crone 20 bucks each. So it wasn't, wasn't much, but it was all right. And, uh, you know, the next day we had a, we had a, <laughs> a two man match. Of, so they say it's a, one of the hardest tournaments to win at the Roller General golf club because it's handicapped. Right? So me and Sean, and all our partners, he's a plus one and I'm a zero or one, whatever I ever know. So we played Dave nation and Brian harassed We had to give them 22 shots. So 11 a guy.
0: I have seen that on Instagram.
2: <sighs> great guys had a great day. We lost on 18. I slammed a birdie putt, like a 40 footer on 17 to extend the match. But man, I mean, like you know, that's what makes it fun though, competitive. I mean, when me and Sean are partners, we have to play really good in order to win. But I mean, as far as I mean, as far as the weekend, we lost the match. We play actually Kozak and uh, Shane Reddell um, this weekend coming up. So
0: didn't you uh, hole out too?
2: Yeah, it was funny. So we're on hole nine and we're down two. And I mash a drive. I'm hitting the ball, honestly, like chapter right now. Not Defiant but I'm hitting it like Kepka. So, in on the whole night at the Royal, it's a lift, uh, elevated green. You can't really see. So, I have 60 in my hand. I feel good in my hand. I, I shoot it. I can't, I can't see the hole. I just snip a wedge in there, one hop, I guess. And I see Noller in the background. Yeah! Yeah! I'm like, what happened? He's like, it went in. I'm like, sweet. Those two guys almost made three for twos with their strokes. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. But, anyways, we. We ended up, uh, yeah, so I had two on a par four. Uh, pretty standard. No, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting to I me. Mean, I didn't get to see it the hole, so Sean got uh, good views of that. But yeah, good weekend overall. Uh, I do want to segue into, uh, I don't care. It's my our podcast. It's, you can say what I want, how I feel. And I know a lot of people are on my side. So quickly, I want to talk, uh, maybe not quickly. We'll see how it goes. So I want to talk to you. Troy, um, there's some chat around golf, golf in Saskatchewan, uh, BC, Alberta, Ontario, and in the whole list. They're all doing the same thing, okay? We're different. Don't know why. That,
0: that's the Sasky way.
2: Yeah, we're different. So here's, <laughs> I was talking to a few parents, and then it got up, brought up to Facebook now, and a legend put a post out, blew up. Unbelievable. I'm like, I'm like, this is great content for the podcast next week. Blah, blah. Anyways, with COVID, there are no bunkers or sorry, no rakes. Okay. If I go into a bunker, I'm already in a hazard. If I go fly it in there and I'm in a footprint or I'm in a, you know, a shitty lie, usually they would be raked by the previous guy. Golf Saskatchewan. There's rumors. It might change, but they are saying, sure, pick it up, you know, move your foot around, make, make a nice little patch of sand, you must drop the golf ball.
0: Well, wouldn't that just sink right into the sand? What, so, up, what happens if you fly the bunker and the ball just rolls nicely on top? Well, you can play it. I know, but if they if you've got to a pick footprint. it up and drop yeah. it, it's going to no, sink you can play that.
2: you could play that one, but I'm saying, like, if I fly it in there and it's in a, oh, it's a shitty footprint or whatever, I'm allowed to pick it up dust the sand a bit drop it so one that i said off the top i'm already penalizing myself by going in hazard i know nine times of ten out of the bunker i made it up and down now i have to force to drop it i'm going to do a plug lie which is called a fried egg for all the average golfers i know for a fact on a par four i'm making six on a par five i'm making seven on a par three i'm making five i don't understand why because we're not professional golfers this is my, one of my first things. Two, it's COVID.
0: So what are the other provinces doing?
2: Pick it up. Same as all the local rules around here. All the local rules. Pick it up. Dust the sand a bit.
0: Place it. Oh, so you're they, not allowed to place it. You have to drop it. Oh, that's ridiculous.
2: So you have to, it's in a sink down. Now, rumors have it they may change it. The SAS dam is next week. And we'll talk about that later. But it, it frustrates me because if you drop it in there you're even you're essentially penalizing yourself even more now another shot yeah so it, it makes me very upset because I know I'm not the strongest buncher player in the world and I know 90% of the players probably in this province or amateur golfers are going oh god don't go in the sand don't go in the sand god I gotta play the sand now and <laughs> get mentally prepared to hit a shot
0: so did they change the rule then, Drew because I thought like if you put it in the bunker you're the option of taking it out of the bunker now that's You've at some it.
2: courses you can pull it out because there's no rakes um, but no, like for this event, because it's a, an amateur event right. and a provincial a provincial event. That's the rules
0: they implemented. Yeah. Okay.
2: The other Which. thing is though, there's no nationals this year. So yeah, if you win it, congratulations. It, it, it's a great accomplishment. A great I, honor, I, I've yeah. never done it. I'd, I'd love to, but to force a player in an amateur you know, stands and you have to p- p- drop, it, it, it mind boggling. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Now I'm not in their shoes to make the right calls and I get that. I'm speaking what I think out of experience. I've dropped. I, I, I saw a video the other day. A guy took a ball, hit five balls, rubbed it down, dropped, sunk. Rubbed it down, drop, sunk. I actually saw a video the other day of a guy because now they're saying you could actually place it on a footprint, on the back of a footprint. Instead of dropping it, you place it. Who the hell practices that? Come on. Do you practice that? <laughs> hey, Drew, I'm going to be the, the sand bunkers and uh, just uh, put a footprint there. No. I did. Yeah. J- just let the guys place it. Now, my voice may mean all. Yeah. Your voice may mean nothing too. But I think that the comments that were going bananas on Facebook, we put it on our Twitter and Instagram page. It was 90%
0: place. Well, Maybe tomorrow I'll Twitter. We'll get on Twitter and tag Premier Mo and see what he <laughs> has to say. Maybe, yeah. Maybe get him on uh, our side.
2: So anyhow, I mean, I'm, duff, I'm done ranting about this. I mean, uh, I think that change it to you know follow what everyone else is doing you know they always don't, don't be a follower but you know what this time be a follower place the ball and i heard rumors they might change it so i hope i hope they do go ahead and place it or make the rule and change it to that so um anyhow let's move on now to uh i mean it is wednesday morning so this would be day three of the junior golf uh, provincials um let's talk about so day one leaders though we'll, we'll rip off day one because it is wednesday uh kobe frederick and on monday it was grossly windy out disgust i was talking to some guys over at golf asked they were like oh my god the wind is terrible i said well i remember playing in Warman when i was 17 it was awful kobe frederick fired it 270 in opening day in that like, like i said disgusting win so great round today by kobe get him on the show yeah if he comes through and uh, you know he wins well will get him on the show uh, right behind him just the other day, uh, Josh, Nag- I just met him actually, Josh, Nagy, great kid, plays hockey, uh, firing a solid 73 and chase Puchico 73 as well. And from Regina at the Royal, I believe Hunter Kucher shooting a 73 as well. A lot of good scores out there. Sorry didn't read them all off. Um, but Hey guys play, you know what? Keep grinding in the wind. I mean, it, it's not fun. I hope, I hope Tuesday was really good for those guys. Um, and obviously wednesday would be the final round so and we'll, we'll talk next week on what happened there but on to the junior girls um autumn kneesner hell of a player i've heard good things about her fires at 779 uh brooklyn fry fired also a score of 79 and one shot back to sarah grieve shooting 80 so uh great up and comers i hope they listen to the podcast i mean we're trying to pump their tires too um yeah i mean you got anything to add there troy quickly before we uh,
0: no, like I said to you last week, I'll keep saying it again. Every time you report these scores, it just shows how many young, awesome golfers we've got coming up in this province.
2: And one thing here, Troy, quickly, uh, uh, you know, we put out a, usually once in a while we put a message out, hey, who wants a, t- wants a shout out on, on, the, on the podcast or whatever it is. But Jeremy Halley from Ontario reaches out to us and goes, how do you get into playing golf in Ontario? I'm 24, I'm new to the game. For me, personal experience, playing, I mean, i would never been to Ontario. He asked that. I said, so, no, I had never been there. But get out and play. Go to your local club. Ask questions. Hey, where's the next event? Hey, What can I place in club events? Can I do this? Can I, you know, like. But
0: is, is he asking, is he fresh? Is he fresh, rookie fresh? Because, I mean, that's a totally different From scenario. From his
2: message, it made it sound like how do you get involved in golf in Ontario? So I would say go to your local pro. Local GM, how do I get involved in the game? You know, I I, I shoot. I, I don't know, you shoot Jeremy, but let's just say you shoot 80s. Okay, well that's not bad. You know, you're you're still in the mix, um. But you gotta play. You you you, you can't sit back and go, ah, oh, this la la la. Get out. Talk to the pros. Talk to people. Phone people. Like, hey, where's the next event? Oh, okay, I should play that. We're playing the two-man event. Playing a scramble
0: event. Play whatever. And my personal advice? I'm 39. Lessons. Lessons yeah. go a long way. I mean, you know, for the longest time, I I. I still can't putt. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. And 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 lessons help tremendously. So I mean, not even little bit of, of advice for Jeremy as well too. If if he's pursuing it, you know.
2: Yeah, and I, and I mean, you're you're at the same age as I am, Jeremy. It's, um, you know, I took lessons from guys like Gary Gurren, you know, Dougie Warren, Dean Brown, Patty Marcia, like all these guys. I took you know tidbits from all these guys and learned. But you know, mom and dad got me in the game. They'd go play, and yeah, I, you know, honestly, I I think I shot a hundred and. 27 one time in calvington like did i quit no i'm still playing today so i mean you're gonna shoot shitty scores and you shoot great scores and you're gonna win you may, you may you may never win but you're you're gonna lose a lot more times than you're gonna win tell you right now so don't get mentally defeated jeremy but i mean for anyone that wants to in the game get out and play have fun and, and just ask questions
0: yeah thanks jeremy for reaching out hello friends this is troy koser Zaba Financial has long supported golf in Saskatchewan through competition and sponsorship. Zaba Financial has also been giving financial advice since 1987. The Zaba team helps people live a life of fulfillment and financial stability, now and in retirement. Whether it's growing your net worth with their exclusive investment strategy, lowering your taxes, creating intergenerational wealth, or making sure life has zero interruptions with insurance, Zaba Financial can help. Visit ZabaFinancialGroup.ca to see how financial advice is better with Team Zaba.
2: All righty, Troy. Let's talk some PGA talk. Um, last week, Colin Maracawa wins last week. Beat my man, JT. Wow, is JT ripping it up. Yeah, he is. He He's playing so well, but um, great job of Colin. Same age as me, but uh, he's winning <laughs> a lot more yeah, money. He's and doing very well. Yeah. I mean, we actually reached out to him. Nothing back from him yet. I totally understand. So if we do get back a uh, message back from Colin, he hopefully will come on the show. Well, we'll see what happens. My one little bit of concern, maybe I'm just sounding like a grumpy bear today, but great four days of golf. We're going to a playoff. And we got bull riding coming up next for
0: you guys. Are you shit in me? I, I hate to say it, but um, <sighs> TSN, let's get our stuff together. Boys, like uh, P- PBR highlights from 2016. PBR.
2: No coverage. I couldn't find it anywhere. I had to pay like, a subscription to do it. I'm, like, I'm not
0: paying that for three holes. W- when I saw PBR, the first thing I thought of wasn't <laughs> bull riding, it was Pabs Blue Ribbon. <laughs> oh, mugs. Luke McDow, <laughs> <laughs> he loves that.
2: Um, but yeah, I was very disappointed at that. So I, I can't even tell you. I, I watched some of the highlights that were six seconds long on Twitter, but
0: well, JT made a 50, 54 foot putt. I think it was like birdie putt did to keep you, it going. Did you see it? Oh
2: no, I didn't. There's no coverage.
0: Sorry, it was <laughs> on. It was on uh, Facebook. I seen oh. the video, and they actually had the little someone's little, phone holding it. <laughs> well, no, they had the little pencil line going behind. If you look up PGA Tour on Facebook, it was on there, but they had the little red pencil line following the ball mark. Yeah, and it was our audience can't see us right now, but the hole. We're making was, hand gestures. But, but the hole was over here, and he aimed over here, and it went like this, and it came around <laughs> and down, and he, he knew it was Ooh. He, Ooh. 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 <laughs> dollar so, bills and Cadillacs.
2: Oh, snapper. Uh, but anyways, uh, yes. Yeah, let's move on now. This week's the PGA Championship. The goat is back. Tiger Woods is back. Ooh, my giddy first COVID round for him. I am so excited to watch him just rip it down the fairway. Actually, did you see his video of him practicing that a week ago, when he was like, he drove his like golf cart on the tee box. Yeah, I know. Like he's. I he mean, did. I get it. It's Tiger Woods, but he I mean, don't care. he's driving on the tee box. I mean, we get in trouble for like having pull carts on the on the tee box, but I mean, I get it. It's uh, Tiger Woods. Um, quickly, I wanted to ask you. This is kind of funny because Captra and Deschambeau are going to be paired together. Round one. This should be comical.
0: Well, I know one guy likes to play really fast and the other guy likes to play really slow.
2: I've played with slow golfers. I can handle it to an extent. Bryson, you see why he's so good. He's very articulate about what he does. But Kepka, like... I'm excited to watch this round. I may take work off Thursday to watch. Because, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he's just too slow. And, you know, Brooks likes to play quick, and, and
0: I get it. Well, did you see Brooks last weekend in that tournament? Because he knew he was out of it on Friday. I watched it at yeah, the Yeah, I cabin. had him
2: to win. <laughs> I watched
0: it on Friday, and he was like, screw this, hit the ball, let's get the hell out of here, because I'm done. Like, yeah. he, he, there was no thought process. He just got up, he whacked the ball, gone, done, right? I mean, this week's a new week, so...
2: Yeah, I didn't take in this week, but let's let's talk about uh well, I I, I want to oh, talk about okay. the
0: pairing that I'm I'm excited about okay. honestly. Like that that's a very good pairing. Should be some interesting uh Yeah, for sure. I mean, I w- I hope they're mic'd up. I'm not sure. But the one I'm looking forward to on Thursday is uh Corey Connors. He's playing with Nick Taylor. So the two Canadian boys are playing side by side, which Yeah. Connors. They both been playing some good golf. Did, hey, by the way, did you know this past weekend I seen it on was it I was reading an article on PGA Com, PGA dot yeah, com. today, <laughs> every Canadian in the field cracked T one hundred. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. So, which is pretty cool, you know. So our Canadian golf, it's it's coming a long ways. But anyways, did yeah. you see
2: what Peps was doing last week or like yes. this previous week before? He was, I was yes. like, oh baby, and his song was playing in the background there. Oh, what a beauty that guy is. Here comes the money. Here
0: we go. money
2: talk. Alrighty, Troy. Here let's move into money. our uh, money and our degenerate section of the podcast now if you're not 18 or older please leave the building
0: or get mom and dad to police your best
2: is it 18 to gamble
0: it is 18
2: okay good i was right there um anyhow i was two for two coming into last week jason day uh justin rose champ Oh, I got stroked Kapka, last Kapka. week. No, not, oh, was, oh yeah, Capca was
0: brutal last week for me. And I was Sung Jay Im, that's right, Sung J M Im, and Matt Kooch. Coo- we lost.
2: Yeah, we all lost. So anyhow, we're going to uh, move on to our pitch this week. Um, I'm going with, No, hold
0: on a sec. Okay. Maybe we tell our listeners what we're kind of doing now. We're not taking seven players a week. We're taking. two. I never each. did that. Well, oh, five, and one, and one. <laughs> We're taking two and two. You pick two. I pick two. And then the listeners. Well, again, right in though. I think they should write in their I, picks. I agree, I agree. But anyways.
2: Okay, so I'll tell you my picks first, and the reason I want to say the reason why, but uh, first, turn it back. He's been practicing a ton. He's ready to go healthy. Um, the goat. Tiger Woods took him at uh, twenty bucks to win. I think was it eight. Five hundred dollars, not bad. I also took former 2012 PGA Championship winner. Fifteen bucks to win. What was it again? Eighteen hundred dollars.
0: Eighteen twenty or something like that. Yeah.
2: So, Keegan Bradley.
0: That that's that's a nice pick. I never never would have thought of that. Neither did I. The odds are great. KB. Okay, so my picks. I went with Tiger as well. Which is kind of funny, you know. You don't know who I picked, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with Tiger. First COVID round, you know. He's it's Tiger, man. I'm excited. And uh, next, my second pick, not a wild card, I don't think, in many eyes, but his odds are great on twenty dollars. I just looked. Is it. he does our ca- cousin no, carry for? I did not. Hold on a sec. So I, on okay. a twenty dollar bill, pays six twenty. Twenty
2: dollar 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 dollar, bill. dollar
0: bills, y'all. It pays six twenty. Um, I selected. The Spaniard, Johnny Rombo. John oh, I was Rom, not a take Rom. and
2: Johnny Rom. But I felt it was the Rom pick at the Rom time. So well, I'll I didn't, tell you, his 5 o'clock <laughs> shadow. Didn't even get that right through your head. Didn't you get my joke I there. I got
0: it there. His 5 o'clock shadow <laughs> wasn't all there last week. This week he's going to have almost that half beard thing going on, and I think that's going to help him. Playoffs. Yeah. So I'm going Rom and Woods. Uh, I didn't, we didn't select Abe. Um,
2: we felt, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it, um, we felt that, you know, two weeks off, we're hoping that, you know, Cousin Dale and Abe get it going and win and, and ma- prove, prove us, wrong. us wrong. Yep. Exactly. But you know, off a golf mine, I take two weeks off. I'm a 12. So, um, as we're recording right now, if you hear anything in the background, it is absolutely storming here in Regina, Sask. Yeah. It's hailing. <laughs> and yeah, we might need a hail company to sponsor the pod now for our vehicles, but um, quickly Troy let's move on now we have uh, I was joined by myself on Han Solo here for a quick little 10 minuteer with uh, Tory Coughlin for about yeah 10 minutes we chatted he's living down in Alabama now he he's a beauty I met him last year or a couple years ago tons of great stories his, his American accent's awesome he started writing about the Saskatchewan amateur two years ago as a joke and it turned out people really liked it down there and up here so Tori has a lot of good thoughts on, you know, what's uh, what's going on down here. And we're excited for next week as the, the 109th Saskatchewan Men's Amateur is next week. And quickly, Troy, before we move on here, I don't know if you know any of the guys that are playing in it. I got my two picks that are, that are going to win, I think. One of the
0: two. Can I cut you off there? You sure can. We can't gamble on amateur golf. <laughs> we're not gambling oh are we done the degenerate section yeah, oh yeah sorry oh, okay. we're done we're done okay, that, we're sorry. Done that search. sorry we're not
2: gonna gamble on it but I got two guys I think that are just so dominant and honestly and I say his name lots in the podcast but he's playing so good right now it's and I did see it up front every day uh, Sean McNall. Sean is playing. Uh, I think he's a plus one or plus two right now. He's just ripping up courses. You know, on his bad days, he's shooting one over, even one under. Right. And and the next guy, I would say, he's, the other guy's not playing the field. I would have had Stewie, our Molson uh, sponsor. He's not playing, though. Uh, Danny Cluhart. So I have Danny and McNaul. You know, Danny won last year. And Troy is actually asking who he thinks he should pick. Um, you know. Johnson, he's a uh, yeah. I know, I know the name. Tade's uh, a yeah. really good player. Ty Campbell, uh, Sweeney, Roman T- Roman Timmerman. Does Deeds play that? No, no, it's an okay. uh, amateur. Yeah, so but those four guys too could come away. And, and I'm not trying to show any shade to anyone. I think they're all great players. Um, from what I'm told, it's a smaller field than the past or previous years. Sorry, um, but all those guys can play. I'm rooting for everyone to play well, and I, I wish I could be there, but. The reason why I'm not going to be there, and and Troy is obviously not going to be there caddying for me, because uh, we we intend on going there. But we might go up one day, to, you know the last day, catch up with the the winner or whatever it may be. Um, but we landed actually uh, Cam Jensen for uh, on Saturday. We're recording with him. He's an absolute beauty. He called me. I have I never met the guy. He was giving me life lessons on the phone. Uh, it's going to be an awesome podcast with him. And then the following Tuesday is when the tournament starts. Um, because I, I would have been up there warm and practicing for the week on the saturday sunday and playing but on tuesday we landed uh graham Delette's good buddy uh, colt nosed and arguably one of the funniest guys that, that played on the tour he has a very good golf podcast himself and
0: hilarious on twitter yeah he,
2: he just rips guys and he's funny he, i i was so shocked when he replied to me i was like oh my god this is happening so uh very excited for those i i i wish everyone luck and uh, like I said, Troy and I will try and come down to see you know, the final round, get some interviews if we can. Hopefully the weather permitting, it's nice. And um, But, yeah, so anyhow, anyhow, Troy, I'll give you the mic here.
0: Yeah, no, I just wanted to plug social media again. Uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram is at underscore off the hosel. Facebook's off the hosel. Uh, wanted everyone to know, go check out our friends on Facebook at hook, line, and sinker, for that Candle Lake golf package. I can't believe this thing hasn't filled up yet. Uh, there's 11 tickets left. 30 bucks a spot, four people, unlimited golf, uh, free booze, free cart, cabin slash townhouse of your choice, swag bags from player. Like, this, this package, is, it's a no-brainer. Anyways, 11 spots. It's bananas
2: for 30 bucks.
0: Yeah, 11 spots is all it's left, and then the draw will be done. Like I said, go check. Click the link on uh, on uh, Twitter. And Instagram in our bio. In our bios, yep. And on Facebook, it's Every on.
2: Every podcast that we launch.
0: Yeah, yeah. And on Facebook, it'll be on there as well. So just go have over, the, go have a look over there. If you have any questions how to do it, DM me. I'll DM Drew. We'll help you out. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was we've been running that contest since last week. We are going to announce Friday, this coming Friday, which would be the 16th, Drew? Uh, i
2: think so i can double check here as you're talking yeah
0: 17th 17th july 17th we're going to announce the winner at 1 30 uh we'll put the post up on all three social media accounts and we want to thank you guys all
2: and the Cra- sponsors
0: and the sponsors crazy support for this one too so um yeah so friday
2: yeah so stay tuned for all all that stuff get on over uh, hook line and sinker i can't even say it but get on over there check it out it's a great giveaway a package sorry um but anyhow this is a long intro today sorry for this everyone but quickly as you all would have saw already you probably skim past my shitty voice and and no one cares sometimes to hear me that's fine but our guest today is actually a relative of ours barry malrose former nhl coach uh coach in the western league played forever in the nhl he coached some of the best players that's ever played the game uh one being wayne gretzky um and
0: and not a bad golfer
2: yeah, yeah, he can play. He was, uh, I, was, I was shocked, honestly. But uh, I know the Calvinton boy, I talked to Brady just actually this morning. He's very excited. He's telling all the boys down there to uh, listen to the podcast today. So uh, we hope you enjoy it. Troy, I think we should send on over now to Tori. And then following Tori will be uh, Barry Melrose. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Hossel and inside the clubhouse are proudly sponsored now by Last Mountain Distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery is family owned and operated. Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best selling naturally infused Dale Pedro Vodka, our naturally infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Alrighty, today we are pleased to be joined by the American insider all the way from Alabama, Tori Codlin. How you doing, man? I'm good, dude. How are you? Can't complain. I mean, down here in Regina, Saskatchewan, windy as, uh, as always, and some days are hot, but mostly uh, windy. You, what's going on down south there?
3: I'll, I'll trade you weather right now, because I played this morning for the second time this year, and it was like 94, which is... Probably 35 and humid as all get out so'll uh, I'll, I'll take your
2: win so you take my heat how how's the golf game I, I mean you played twice I mean what's the cap at I mean if you could come down and play uh you know some events down here would you be able to compete
3: Probably if, if I played a couple more times before that I think I would. My first round was 79, and today I was 73. Wow. But the the driver's heating up. Today I, I had three three-putts, but it was all distance-related. I felt like I putted well, just these greens were crazy fast. So um, game feels actually pretty good.
2: Do you have a home track down there?
3: Uh, yes, I do. Uh, it's called Bentbrook Golf Club. Um, but I don't really play a whole
2: lot. All right. Well, uh, let's move on now to, I actually have, the reason why we brought Tori on today is to talk about, um, you know, the 109th Saskatchewan men's amateur that is happening next week. So Tori, let's chat about, uh, you know, last year's Saskatchewan amateur, uh, and and obviously you do a little bit of a write up and, you know, you guys talk about it down South there. Uh, let's just tell everyone that's listening right now what you're, you you do down there, and uh, I mean, obviously, with your write ups and stuff. Uh,
3: as as far as work down here, I work accounts receivable, and then I I still caddy part time um, when I can. But as far as the write up goes, uh, I just really did it just as a joke, and it kind of it got some some pretty good attention the first year which was 2018 and then last year I did another one and it got even more so I think I I almost feel like the pressure's on to keep it going Uh, the hard thing with this year is not knowing who's all playing because there's a lot of guys not playing yeah I gotta I'm, I'm trying to work behind the scenes and get some ammo on the guys that are
2: here I have one for you now Sean McNall is playing (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh baby okay oh you mean Ryan oh sorry
2: Ryan's brother <laughs> Ryan's brother my two man partner okay well let's um, let's move back to last year let's talk about some of those names I mean uh, you know you didn't even mention my name in the article that's completely fine I get it and I don't need to be in there that's fine um, let's talk about yeah, you're not that big of a deal so. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about you know Danny Cluhart wins uh, you know, Davy Stewart's in the run there. I'm trying to go off the top of my head here when I'm watching for the deck. Um, you know, I'm just curious to think, what what, what were you thinking before the tournament, you know, leading up to that? And what what were your picks? Uh, and thoughts on the, event? For the record, I picked
3: Danny Klukart. Whoa.
2: Win. Do you have that in writing?
3: Na- nailed it. <laughs> um. <laughs> as far and, and I thought Dave Stewart was going to finish high and I, I don't have the the rankings or the finishing behind in front of me but um no Danny played well like all those young guys they're so good like and and they hit it so long like I I feel I guess old now I'm 35 but um they're just they're just good players like I played 2 years ago when it was at Dakota with um kate johnson yeah and man that guy he is a, a
2: beast oh yeah he didn't play like he was
3: hitting his he was hitting like a this driving iron thing he was hitting it right with my driver <laughs> and he weighs like one hundred and two twenty pounds like <laughs> kid can rip it
2: so Tori, let, let's chat about you know when you're doing the write-up like, what got you into me obviously you said it started as a joke um let's talk about how you i mean like how you got started on it i mean did the guys what was their take on it? i mean you said some funny things in those write-ups you want to even give us a snippet on uh one of those write-ups there i know i had a few uh chuckles at them.
3: i i think just like following like club Crow guy and he says a lot of funny stuff and and i got to thinking about a bunch of guys and we've all got stereotypes about us and and rumors about us well not really rumors but truths about us that are fun to laugh at i think it's fun to laugh at each other like i'm not picking on anybody yeah um it's just fun to have fun with one another so i think i always end it with if if uh if it offends you have a coke and a smile
2: yeah but or or don't read it
3: meant to make fun of anybody it's meant to have fun with
2: one another so let, let's go off the top five names off last year's here. Uh, so Danny Cluhart, that's actually, well, that was last year when they went to the next day. They put on the Monday. Uh, Danny Cluhart, yeah, Jimmy Ride, got crazy. Justin Wood, Roman Timmerman, and Kyle Weeb. So uh, five good players. And yeah, I think, what is it? Just Danny and Jeremy in that uh, on the Monday. And uh, Danny came away with it. But Jeremy Ride was, you know, I play a lot of golf with him growing up. Uh, he's a, a few years older than I am, but. Looks like Henrik Stenson. and hits the ball like Stenson. You know, like he he had it yep. rolling all week. I thought, and I was, you know, kudos to Danny and obviously a great player. But um, you know, Jeremy's playing well. What are your thoughts on uh, on this year's uh, event? Who who are you taking to to win, and who's your uh, underdogs?
3: I've I've never heard of this Justin Wood guy before, but I'm picking him.
2: Ten finger grip. Yeah he ain't slicing the ball Woody's a beauty he ain't slicing the ball though
3: (laughs) no he he's good stuff I love him Um, he he is my pick I have nothing to base this on because you don't know we have not uh, obviously had any tournaments yet Um, but I did do a simulation um, and if they would have played Nipwin, we have I got to look at my simulation page here.
2: Tell me I'm in there.
3: No, I had Kevin, or uh, is it Kevin Dietz?
2: Oh, yeah. Diesel.
3: Diesel. I had him winning in a playoff over Ronnie Cleghorn. So.
2: Nice. Uh,
3: I, I I don't know what to tell you other than that.
2: You know, last year I was a day one leader, tied with Danny Cluhart and Patty Marcia. Boom. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move oh, past Oh,
3: I, I I think he was in the final round the year I won it. Really? I think so. I could be wrong.
2: Uh, nice. You won the nip. Oh, congrats. Um. Well, I want to three but to lose it. <laughs> so. I want to quickly ask you. There's a lot of uh, a lot of buzz right now around Saskatchewan golf, and you know. I wouldn't say in the most positive way, because I've, I've been reading a lot of Golf Ontario, Golf Alberta, Golf BC, and the list goes on. They're all following the same trend. Rumors have it they may change it. No announcement yet. This is my podcast. I can say what I want. Um, what are your thoughts on dropping the golf ball in a bunker without rakes due to COVID? Are you a place guy? Or are you going to play it off the back of a footprint? Please, you know, quickly uh, elaborate for us there, Tori. Your thoughts? Hashtag
3: Bunker Gate 2020. Um, I, I my personal opinion is place it. It's because every, everyone usually plays these to, to get to nationals. This year we don't have that opportunity, or, or well, you guys don't. I can't even come up there right now. Yeah. But so in a sense, it's just a regular tournament except for you get your name on, you know. You get to win a provincial championship, which is an awesome accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But to me, like the the tournament, especially with Warman with that bunker on eighteen, and obviously there's a lot of bunkers on that golf course. But that that tournament could be won or lost with a bad or good lie in that bunker. Um, so to me, just. Have it even just foot rake and place it on it. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: it just seems if if everyone does it, it's the same for everybody. It's not like it's diminishing the integrity of of the golf
2: association. No, no, exactly. Uh, I just think
3: it's fair for everybody to have the same line.
2: So, and I like,
3: I understand if it's plugged, play it. But if you're in a heel print, like that, that just doesn't seem
2: fair. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I won't touch on it too much. I'm going to talk about it later on in the show, but I have a couple of good points. I thought maybe I'm just, a, I mean, I'm dumb, but I think one, we're not professional golfers. Two, like if you're dropping a golf ball in the sand, you're essentially penalizing yourself. So I'm already in the bunker as it is. It's already a hazard. I'm already, you know, I got to make a good shot to get up and down. Nine times out of 10 for me in a plugged lie, I make six on a par four. I make seven on a par five. I make five on a par three. So I'm not a professional golfer. I play good golf. I'm a scratch. I'm a zero right now, but I'm not good at a plugged lies. I'm barely good at a bunker. So that's my my take. I I really think that it should be a place. And yeah, I don't know. That's if you had anything else to add on that, there, Tori.
3: Like, and the other thing, with the plug lie, usually when you're plugged, it's on an uphill lie. Yeah. And so you can blast it out and it comes up. Whereas if you're down in the bottom of the bunker in a footprint, and then you get it, and then drop it beside it, and you're plugged, plugged out of, uh, out of a flat lie, you you have no chance. Yeah. Like, I keep, I, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that 18th hole at, um, at warming, if you put it in the flat of that bunker in a plug lie, like, hey, good good luck stopping that thing before it goes in the
2: water. Yeah. <laughs> okay, quickly, Tori, let's uh, move on now. I have one quick question for you before I let you go here. We w- we will have you on at some point for your full uh, three hour podcast. As everyone knows, Tori codlin likes to, uh, you know, chatter, which is awesome. Same as me. Um, one good story. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you got for us here, quickly before we send it off over to uh, Barry Melrose here?
3: Uh, one time we were uh, at Nippon. I I can't remember what year it was. It was somewhere between '09 and '11, and we were obviously in the in the party room, which is typically in Phelpsy and these room. And we got the uh, really bright idea to try to hit a shot onto the practice screen from their room. Um, Smart people talked us out of that. So instead, we went downstairs and we hit the shot off the grass beside the hotel over cars, which, hey, great idea, because we may or may not have been about 10 deep. (laughs) So I'm not going to say any names the name that I've had the closest to the whole competition with. He, By the way, he beat me, but he may or may not have a pumpkin logo on his ball. But uh, that was uh, that was a good one.
2: Did anyone hit any cars?
3: Oh, no. No, he, <laughs> we, we actually both hit it really good job. Just
2: shot. sniped him over top.
3: <laughs> yep.
2: That's awesome. Not
3: the best decision I've ever made, but well oh, it's a lot it better
2: than way better than hitting from the balcony. I mean no brainer to hit over cars. Yeah. So
3: <laughs> Well we were gonna hit it from the hotel room through the door and that just
2: <laughs> Like chatty shack. Like I said,
3: why wiser minds talked us out of that.
2: I liked it. Well, Tori, uh this has been awesome. And like I said before, we're gonna have you on again for a full uh for your full show. Um I really appreciate it, man. Take care.
0: All right, thanks, Drew. This segment of Off the Huzzle is brought to you by Brownie's Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownie's Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Strixen at the best prices. Brownie's Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at royalregina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment.
2: All righty, we are pleased to be joined by former NHL player and coach and family member and an analyst on NHL Network. Mr. Billy Reynolds. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast today. My pleasure, guys. Uh,
1: anything I can do for Saskatchewan kids? I, uh, I love to do it. I'm glad to see you guys showing live initiative and, uh, and running this podcast, and uh, hopefully uh, you know, we'll have a lot of fun and do a good job.
2: You bet. So, Troy and I are both, uh, we're both curious. What's new with you? How are things? Where are you nowadays? Yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Well, right now, at this moment, I, I live in Florida. Uh, obviously, everybody in the hockey world is uh, waiting to see what happens uh, with the virus. I, I don't think anyone knows. Uh, we're waiting to see, you know, the draft is coming up. Uh, and uh, obviously, the NHL has to make some decisions quickly to to get the NHL season on track so i'm just uh, sitting here in florida it's about a thousand degrees today it's hotter than heck uh, i miss saskatchewan i miss the trees i miss the green green grass and uh but uh i'm just like you guys i'm waiting to see what's going to happen and uh when we're going to play if we're going to play things like that so it's been a crazy crazy few months it's been a real tough months i, I know everyone's been away from their families and i've been away from my grandsons and um, it's, it's been a tough, tough while. And, and I think we're all just want to get some stability and, and get, uh, get this hockey season started. And, uh, so we can get the first one started, then we can start on the second one. That's, that's what we got to look forward to. As soon as the first one's over, we've got another one to start.
2: So, so, uh, quickly before we back, uh, backtrack to a, a young Barry Melrose, let's, uh, are you guys getting ready for the NHL draft? Uh, I mean, is it scheduled for June 26? Is that still kind of a go?
1: I, I just are the same as everybody else. I'm, I just listen to what everyone else is saying, all the, uh, the scoops. ESPN is is obviously uh, it was a big day for ESPN today because baseball got started. So ESPN has a big chunk of the baseball package, and that's been a crazy uh, few months also. So I think uh, you know, ESPN is waiting to see if we're going to be part of the collective bargaining agreement when that comes down. That's, that's going to happen in a short period of time too. Yeah. So there's so much going on in, in sports today with all the collective bargaining agreements and all the, you know, the, is, are the NBA going to play in Orlando? Is that going to work? Where's the second hub city? Is Vegas the first hub city? Where's the second hub city? Is it in Toronto for the NHL? There's so, so many things going on right now in in all the sports. It's just a crazy, I don't know if I've seen a crazier time in pro sports than we've got right now around North America.
0: Yeah. The whole, the whole world's kind of screwed up right now, but, uh, I, I, we're gonna get through it. I know, uh, like sports is coming back on. It's obviously big revenue. So, uh, you know, I was gonna ask you this question later, Barry, but I want to ask you now. Seeing how we're kind of talking a little bit of hockey, but uh, when it fires back up, who's your pick for Stanley Cup? Who's who's the winner? Who's the, who's the two teams in the final? and Who's the winner?
1: Two teams in the finals. Uh, Boston in the East. I, I just I just think that they're they're better than everybody else. They got more experience. They've been to the Stanley Cup numerous times. They got two good goaltenders. They got a great defense led Bouchard. They got the best line in the NHL. They can play defensive hockey. They can score a ton of goals. They got a lot of weapons. So Boston would be my team in the East. In the West, uh, St. Louis would be the easy pick. But I'm I'm sort of leaning towards uh, Colorado. Oilers. I, Oilers? I like Colorado. I, I love their speed. I love their size. I love their mobile defensemen. Uh, I think that uh, I would not be surprised if the uh, the Avalanche were right in there at the end of this fighting with Vegas and fighting with St. Louis. But uh, I like the Avalanche a lot.
0: You still haven't said the Oilers though. That that hurts me a little bit.
1: <laughs> Oilers are good. You can't pick everybody. You got you got to uh, leave somebody open. But uh, the Oilers, anytime you have uh, the star power that the Oilers have, uh, you got a chance to win them. But if you look at the other teams that are right there. In the West, they all got the firepower offensively too, and they are a little deeper defensively than uh, than uh, the Oilers. So, uh, but I, I, I would love to see Boston Oilers in the Stanley Cup Finals. That would be a humdinger.
0: But you're, you're saying Boston's going to win the Cup, though? That's who your pick is.
1: I like Boston a lot. All I right. just, I just love the way they play. I love their depth. Uh, they're healthy. Uh, you know, last year they lost Game Seven in the Stanley Cup Finals. Bergeron had, was hurt. He could barely move. Yeah, he's going to be as healthy as he's ever been uh, in, in a standing Cup playoffs before, so uh, I, I just like Boston a lot, I, I just think that they, they've been there before, they know what it takes, they're, nothing's going to surprise them, uh, they're going to be very, very tough to beat.
2: So, Barry, uh, let, let's backtrack now to growing up in a small town Saskatchewan in Calvington, which fed out quite the talent. Um, how was that growing up in Calvington and what were the opportunities like in such a small town?
1: Uh, I, I... I always wonder how come Calvington's never one of those teams that CBC picks to sh- showcase throughout the uh, United or throughout Canada. We've had uh, we had six guys come out of Calvington and play in the NHL. What other province or uh, what other town of nine hundred people in Saskatchewan can say they had six NHL guys on their, on, on the uh, coming from a town that yeah. size? So, uh, I, Calvington was a great place. Uh, it was a perfect place to be raised. We had great parents. We had great facilities. We had rinks. We had uh, baseball was big. We we all played all the sports. Uh, had a, a you know a beautiful curling rink. Uh, we had tennis courts. We had, for a town of 900, all the stuff that we had was amazing. It was it was just a great place. We were raised together. All our parents were friends. Uh, we 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 played all the sports together. It, it uh, the hockey school was great to do. I had some of the happiest moments of my life, and it was. Uh, in my hockey school in Calvington, when all you young guys came through when you're little wee babies, and then all of a sudden you're turning into young men, and all of a sudden you got jobs, and all of a sudden some of you're on the way to the NHL, and uh, it was it was a great great place to be raised. It was a great place, I think, what makes Saskatchewan special, and it is one of the great places to come from uh, when you see uh, what it's like to grow up in a small town, Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah, you know, very I remember the Melrose hockey camp very vividly because I spent. I don't know, 12, 13 years going there every summer. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about some of the the NHL players that were there doing doing the training, and aside from Coasters and Melrose's and Clark's. But, I mean, there was Trent Yanni. There was, I, I believe it was Wade McBean. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Wayne, May- I think Wayner came there once. Don't forget the Odelin boys
0: were oh, there. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dennis the Odelin? Okay.
2: Um, you
1: know, we had we had uh, Bernie Federko was in, in Foam Lake. Uh, Todd Ellett was in Foam Lake. Uh, we that that was just an un- Trent Johnny as you mentioned coming out of Hudson Bay, uh, Kelly Chase uh, out of Porcupine. It was just such a hockey hotbed. Just a, amazing when I look back and and uh, I we used to have uh, games where the pros would play the kids.
0: Yeah, I remember at the hockey that school
1: just so that we could get ice time. And you know, so many of those kids. I remember Lyle Oldham was on the kids team, and, uh, <laughs> and Selmar his older brother was on our team and. It's just, uh, it just, you know, I, I look back now, it was just such a wonderful time. I, I wish my kids could grow up in a period like that and in a place like Calvington.
2: It's uh, kind of funny. I mean, I'm, I'm only 24, Barry, so I never actually got to go to the camp, but I remember actually watching home videos of Troy uh, falling up and down the ice in the Calvington-Melrose uh, uh, hockey camp there.
0: <laughs> uh, that's bullshit, Drew. <laughs>
1: We didn't allow falling at the Melrose camp. If you fell, you better get your ass up and get ready to go.
0: Yeah, if you <laughs> fell, it's because you got punched in the head, that's why.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't fool around, man. We, we had you for a certain amount of time, and you were going to work your butt off, and you are going to pay a price. And uh, But it, it really became a social center. You guys know, you guys grew up in Saskatchewan. The rink is the social center of the town. Yeah. Everybody's at the rink, whether it's senior hockey, whether it's figure skating, whether it's minor hockey. Uh, you're always at the rink or the curling rink and you're just, you know, you're trying to get some money out of your dad or your mom in order to go get a Coke and some chips and stuff at the concession booth and, or a hot dog and hamburger and stuff like that. So it, uh, it, it it was great. And, and so many kids that uh, Tyler Wright uh, was at the Melrose hockey school when, when he was just a kid and he ended up going on to the NHL winning, I, I think, I don't know if Tyler won a Stanley cup or not, but, was a very good NHL player. And there was numerous guys that uh, that played in the NHL that uh, came out of the Melrose Hockey School. So, like like I said, it was, uh, uh, you know, the guys would uh, get there in the morning uh, in case they had a few too many cold ones the night before. I always took the first (laughs) shift. And the uh, the guys jumped in. And, uh, you know, Laurie Boschman, I just saw Laurie Boschman a couple days ago. He, uh, He worked at the Melrose Hockey School. Lane Lambert worked at the Melrose Hockey School. Uh, so many guys that uh, went on to be uh, uh, Todd McClellan worked at the Melrose Hockey School, as a matter of fact. So that's right. We had uh, we had a uh, we had a great uh, great time. Wendell, of course, Carrie, Donnie, who just passed away last year, um, very very tough, uh, but just uh, it was just an, an awesome. Like I said, it's an awesome awesome place to grow up. Small town Saskatchewan. They say, where would you like to be raised? Would you like to be raised in in t- Toronto? Would you like to be raised in Montreal? Would you like to be raised in Vancouver? nope i'd like to be raised in calvington saskatchewan or a small town just like it
0: absolutely so with the melrose camp is is brady running it now is it still going do you know
1: well it was up till uh pre-covid uh the virus everything i don't know what they're gonna do with the virus uh the uh what happened is the uh the saskatoon uh, uh hockey team college hockey team took it over and they ran it for a number of years but i I haven't heard with the virus what's going to happen if they're, if they're even going to have a have a hockey school or or what's going on. I think that's sort of, right. everybody's sort of waiting to see the same thing. What's going to happen in the next few months to, whether it's, you know, high school sports, whether, you know, what's going to happen. Is, is hockey going to be played this summer and all the hockey schools around Saskatchewan? It's going to be interesting to see what happens.
2: So, Barry, uh, just going off your hockey deep here, uh, there wasn't no stats on there, but Uh, You started your junior career in Weyburn, which is actually where I scout for now for the Red Wings, Uh, Then uh, before you go to Kamloops. um, How was playing in Weyburn for, I guess, the one year?
1: No, I played two years in Weyburn. I played uh, when I was 16, 17. And Dwight McMillan was the coach, and I I think Dwight is arguably one of the best coaches I ever played for. I love playing for him. I love playing in Weyburn. We had good teams. We weren't quite good enough to win, but we were right there. We were one of the three or four best teams in the Saskatchewan Junior. And uh, Waverun was a great—you know—the Red Wings, uh, the the Winged Wheel. Uh, was proud to have it on. And uh, the my best friends in Waverun are still my best friends. I see them every time I go home in the summer. My Tittamore, Gordy uh, uh guys that, uh, that I played for Gordy in and
2: senior in Raymore.
1: Did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I In, uh, Raymore.
2: Yeah, Gordy and, and his son Todd McMurchy.
1: But what would uh, would uh, uh, Warren's uh, boys be playing then? Braden and uh, Maddie
2: and uh, Cole would they've been playing for Raymore then? They played uh, one year for provincials. Yeah, they all came down, and then actually Cole got uh, suspended or kicked out for I think uh, allegedly kick, like that, kicking yeah. so, kicking someone. So, <laughs> but yeah.
0: Senior hockey, boy. You don't fool around and in senior hockey. And and you know Barry, yeah, you you, you, yeah. you just spit out some names there. I'm sorry to cut you off, but what a small world we live in. You said Michael Tittimore, right? Yeah. That's my father-in-law's neighbor. Mike and in- I, yeah, that's my father-in-law's neighbor in uh, Liberty, Saskatchewan, right now.
1: You live in Liberty?
0: I no, I'm in Regina. <laughs> my father-in-law, my father-in-law, lives in Liberty. Okay. And his neighbor is Michael I, Tittamore. I, I, did them more small <laughs> I got world i was out of the liberty bar one
1: night i was 16 years old
0: yeah me too did but you at 19 16 year old out?
1: That's, that's not right at all but yeah <laughs> it, it is hockey hockey you guys will see it as you get older hockey is such a small world that uh, you know you just uh, somebody you meet you're golfing and the fourth on on the fourth ahead of you is from Saskatchewan uh, you're you're always meeting people that you that that you know or you know uh, they know someone that you know that through hockey, whether it's Tier Two, whether it's Tier One. Uh, I coached in in uh, Medicine Hat uh, in uh, Tier One when I started my coaching career. Trevor Lennon was on that team. Wayne McBean was on that team. Dean Schnell was on that team. We won the Memorial Cup two years in a row. Uh, How are you? Great, great kid. great, great players. So it's just. Uh, but again, I, I I see them now, and uh, you know, it's just like you you. Uh, I was uh, at the Stanley Cup uh, in Boston. I was at the Stanley Cup Finals, and this guy walks by me, and he looks at me and he said, "Barry, is that you? I look at him, it's Robbie DeMaio. Robbie DeMaio played for me in, uh, in Madison Hat, great junior player, great junior player, and he was one of the, the top scouts um, in, in, that, in that series for Boston, I believe. So it, you're always seeing somebody that you know in the hockey world.
2: So, Barry, uh, let's move forward now. In 1976, you had drafted in the second round to the Montreal Canadiens. How special was that? Uh, Obviously, just getting drafted to a a historic team and also getting drafted in the WHA. What what made you decide to play there before moving on to the NHL? Well,
1: I I, I looked at Montreal. They sent me a a contract. It was a three-way contract, which means Mm -hmm. you get a certain amount of money in the NHL, you get a certain amount of money in the AHL, and you get a certain amount of money in the IHL. So I, I, said, well, you know, why? I don't need a three-way contract. I'm going to play in the NHL. Then I saw that the American League team, the uh, uh, Halifax Voyagers, has had four All-Star defensemen on their team. So okay, you got you got this this IHL team which is very good. All of a sudden, you realize that you've got an NHL team that uh, is very good. The, the Montreal Canadiens, they win the Stanley Cup every year, and the American League team has four All-Star defensemen. Defenseman on the team, so didn't take this farm boy very long to realize. Hey, I got no shot of making Montreal Canadiens. I do have a shot of making the uh, Cincinnati Stingers, where I was drafted in the third round. So I, uh, I quickly realized that uh, I'm going to go south of the border. I'm going to uh, play in the WHA, and uh, you know I, that'll be my best shot of playing, uh, you know, in the NHL or in the, in, in the top league. So. That's why I went to Cincinnati. I just realized I, I wasn't going to make that lineup with Montreal. It was just no hope. They just were too good, too strong. Larry Robinson, Gila Point, Don Ory was on that team. Wow. Uh, Brian Englund was on that team. Billy Niroff was on that team. Uh, Serge, uh, Serge Lupian was on that team. That, that was, that's an all-star team. And, and uh, So I, I decided I signed with Cincinnati, and that, it worked out pretty well for me. So 1979,
0: 1980. You, you signed with Winnipeg. Um, again, it's another question I was going to ask you later, but we're kind of still in that hockey talk. So you not only played against Wayne Gretzky, if my years and stats are correct, you also coached Wayne Gretzky. Which was better?
1: Oh, coaching was much better. I didn't have to play against <laughs> him. No problem. It was, uh, I played against Gretz. He was in Indianapolis. I was in Cincinnati. Uh, actually, a, a funny story is the night uh, in his last, his last his, uh, year with uh, Edmonton, well, last year the WHA, uh, at Center Ice in Edmonton, uh, they brought a chair out and a desk, and they gave Gretz a lifetime contract to the Edmonton Oilers right under the clock at Center Ice. And the funny part is, uh, it's not funny because Gretz got a long-term or a lifetime contract, which we're all happy for, but we won the game. So we, we beat Gretz's team the night that he got the, the lifetime contract. Uh, great, great guy. I love coaching him. Uh, he just competed so hard. He just, he just, he loved his teammates. He loved being part of the guys. Uh, he uh, always worked his butt off. And uh, so, you know, every, whenever I see people and they say, Barry, what was Gretz like? I, I, I sort of get the feeling that everybody would like to hear some dirt on him, that he's not a good guy, that, that he's selfish and stuff. Nothing could be farther from the truth. This guy, just all he wanted to do was win. All he wanted to do was have fun with his buddies, and all he wanted to do was work his butt off and try and win every game. So uh, he was a great guy, and and uh, one of my uh, one of my just a special, special guy. He's just a unique guy. How he played, how the puck was always on his stick, how he passed. You know, eyes in the back of his head type thing. But uh, what what sets him apart is. He was also a genuinely great guy and, and one of the best guys I've ever coached.
2: So speaking of coaching, let's talk about uh, those back-to-back championships in, in Medicine Hat. Uh, let's talk about why you went to Seattle, maybe a bigger contract. And then let's talk about the Adirondack Red Wings, uh, years one and two. You guys lose out first round, and then you finally win uh, in the third year there with Adirondack. But let's, uh, let's talk about Medicine well, first.
1: Had, you guys done your uh, homework. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia <laughs> is a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, I was 86, 86 was my last year playing. I could have played a couple more years, but it was, you know, you're just beating, you guys are so big and strong, and I had to play a physical game, so I, you know, I was just, it was just wasn't worth it. It wasn't like I was getting rich or anything, but I I, I loved, I was in Adirondack, we had good teams. Uh, we won a Memorial Cup one year there, so I decided, well, I'm going to go and, and, uh, I'm going to get into coaching, and uh, Mark Lamb was one of the players at Adirondack. Really, and Mark Mark Lamb uh, was good friends with Russ Farwell, and Lammer and I get Lammer and I are out having a cold room one night, and we start talking about me going to Madison Hat. And he says, "Barry, I'm going to call Russ. I'm going to call Russ, and we're we're going to get you that job." Because Brian Maxwell was leaving Madison Hat, and he was going to be an assistant coach in Los Angeles. So I. Lammer puts me in touch with uh, Russ, and I go out to Medicine Hat and have an interview. The interview went very, very well, and uh, Lammer was there. Donnie Clark was there, too. Donnie Clark actually drove me there, and uh, I had a great interview, and uh, a little while later, Russ calls me and says, Barry, we'd like to give you the job. So uh, I get the job second year. They just won the Memorial Cup. Uh, Mark Peterson was on that team. DeMaio was on that team. McBean was on that team. Uh, Jason Miller, so many first first picks second picks my defense was two uh two second pick, second round picks and two first round picks bobby wilkie uh he uh, he's a, a guy that played in played in swift current but i played bobby played for me in uh in adirondack but uh just a bunch of good guys and uh we had a bunch of young guys come in and fill people's spots and we ended up winning memorial cup again so we got one back-to-back Memorial Cups. It's only happened several times. Very, very rare. It's very, very hard to do it. I think it's the hardest trophy to win, personally. You're playing so many games, so many round-robin games. So we win the Memorial Cup, and uh, so I go into the co- into the owner's office. Russ Farwell was going to uh, uh, Seattle, and Russ was going to take over the GM job in Seattle. And uh, he, he says, he says, Barry, what do you want to do? He said, I, well, I-, I want to. I want to be coaching general manager because I wanted to be the first coach ever to win three Memo- three uh, Memorial Cups in a row. Uh, so uh, I went in and spoke with the owner. didn't work out. Uh, and uh, so I go to Seattle with Russ. And uh, I really think Seattle was my best coaching job I've ever done because we took a team that never won a game, barely. And, and by the end of the year, we were one of the scariest teams in the NHL. And uh, bottom line is, so we didn't win and and, uh, you know, we, we didn't uh, didn't uh, make the playoffs. And uh, the, the job I'd done, it, it got people's attention. So uh, Jimmy DeVolano, who's the uh, general manager of Detroit, hired uh, came and told me, well, actually, the first guy that wanted me to coach was uh, Floyd Smith. And and uh, uh, he was the guy that said, Barry, come to Toronto. You, you know, you're a Toronto guy. You played there three years. Come on in and be the... Dan Maloney's assistant. I said, "No, I'm not an assistant coach. I want to be a head coach." So, uh, I left. Uh, I left uh, Seattle, and Jimmy uh, Jimmy uh, Delano gave me the job in Madison or job in Adirondack. So I go to Adirondack, which I knew very very well because I played there. And uh, I got there in '92. We had a good team, but not good enough. '91, uh, '92, same thing. Good team, but not good enough. '92, '93. Uh, we had a really good team, and uh, we won it that year. Won the more won the uh, Calder Cup, and uh, that was the fourth time Adirondacks won the Calder Cup. And uh, I was on three of those teams, and we uh, it was just great. I had a bunch of great guys. A lot of them went on to pro. A couple of them even came to uh, Los Angeles with me when I was coaching Los Angeles in the playoffs. So, um, but it ended up that I ended up going to. Uh, Adirondack, and then uh, after winning the uh, Calder Cup, I uh, got hired by the LA Kings to go and be the head coach in Los Angeles.
2: Wow, that's uh, <laughs> quite the resume. So I'm just curious here. Yeah, I didn't I didn't stay stay in one
1: place very long. It was uh, three t- three cities in uh, in uh, in three years. So uh, we're we moving a lot. We didn't stay in one place very long.
0: Barry, I, I got to ask hockey memory. I am mean, getting older too. I'm almost 40 now, but uh did was it you and Pat Burns that had the epic uh fight on the bench? well
1: But never got to a fight. Well, damn near a fight. Yeah. It was uh it was funny because we it was uh during the McSorley uh fights with uh, Wendell.
0: That's right. That's what it which was. Which
1: I still think is the last great playoff fight in the NHL. And they were fighting on the ice and then Pat and I started yapping on the bench. And uh, there, there were so many people in between the two benches, nothing's ever going to happen. But that's the one thing everyone remembers. And I sort of made Pat—I sort of made fun of Pat for being a little chunky. And <laughs> People remember that too. But uh, that was a great series. Uh, you know, that's that's one of the that's one of the series that you talk about. Do remember that seven-game series, Toronto and Los Angeles? Wow, that fight between Clark and McSorley. Those don't happen anymore. And you're right, those don't happen anymore. But uh, you know we had you know we had the overtimes, you had the Game Sevens, you had uh, you know young guys, old guys, uh, you had Toronto, uh, you had the CBC against ESPN, uh, you had American TV against Canadian TV. It was pretty neat. It was a it was a it was a pretty special couple weeks of that series against Toronto.
2: So, Barry, I'm just curious here. I want to talk a little, bit, a little bit about some fighting here uh, and then some golf after, but my, uh, my bench boss out in uh, Palabue asked, uh, who is actually a former tough guy in the Western League as well, um, who is tougher between uh, Joey and Wendell, and uh, when did you get in your first fight and uh, maybe not like it, but you were good at it?
1: Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Croby was tougher than Wendell and Joey. Really? But, when, but Wendell and Joey were uh, were very tough. And uh, they were both good players. You know, Joey was Joey was a great player, underrated player, and he never gets enough credit for how good a player he was. Wendell was, uh, for for a couple of years, I think Wendell was the best player in the NHL. I know in that playoff series, Wendell was the best player Toronto had. So Wendell was uh, was certainly a special player. Uh, but when people, that era, that that time in the NHL when it was so tough, uh, to me there was nobody tougher than Bob Probert. He was the, he was the toughest guy ever in the NHL. He would he would beat anybody, any era, uh, whoever it was, whether it was Schulte or whether it was John Ferguson, or whatever. Proby would Proby would beat all those guys. But Wendell, tremendous talent, tough as nails. Joey, uh, maybe the scariest fighter. Uh, the NHL has ever had with that one punch knockout that we've seen him use so many times.
2: Jim Kite. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, they, they were great players. I don't think, I don't think uh, Joey ever gets enough credit. How good a player he
2: was. So then I'm curious. Now, when did you get in your first uh, little Tilly? And uh, did you like it right away? Who's that? Yourself. Fight against who? No, no, sorry. We're curious, uh, w- when was your first fight, and uh, the, did you enjoy it, I, I guess, moving forward?
1: Well, my, well, my first fight, uh, you guys wouldn't remember this, but uh, uh, this, it was in Tier 2 hockey. I was going to uh, go to play for the Humboldt Broncos the next year. I was 16 years old, and Humboldt was playing Portage the Prairie, Manitoba, in the Western Finals to go on to to uh, win the Tier Two Championship, and this team that they brought from Manitoba, it was scary. I was I was 15 years old. I was in the stands. Um, Humble brought me in, and uh, my mom was at the game. My dad was at the game, and it was scary. Uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this when the Saskatchewan team pulled out. Well, Humble pulled out. They they wouldn't play. It was it was just it was crazy. It was I was scared. I was in stands and I was scared. Oh my and, god. Uh, but what happened is, uh, pull it up and you and you'll see that uh, it was you know early '70s that that tumble uh, canceled. They wouldn't play anymore, and uh, this this of the Prairie team was just scary. They were all six three, six four. I was 15. I looked I looked 13, and uh, these other guys were, were maybe 20, looking 30, maybe looking 40. But uh, what I remember is my mom after the game came came and stood beside me. And she said, you really want to play there? (laughs) (laughs) I said, yeah, Mom, I really want to play there. And uh, it ended up, uh, Humboldt uh, was a little lazy on me and they didn't really come after me that heavy. They thought they had me. And that's when Dwight McMillan from Wayburn came in and offered me uh, to start school in Weyburn. So uh, that was it. I, I didn't care what Humboldt said or not. So Dwight offered me the the uh, uh, 16-year-old kid chance to go and play Tier 2 hockey in Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan Junior League and I did it and uh, I got in a fight. My first fight was against Regina Pats and that was a good scrap and uh, uh, somehow I ended up suckering the goaltender. <laughs> and anyway, he was his nose was bleeding and my nose was bleeding and about 20 other guys' nose were bleeding. It was a different area. Mother's my mom was at the game again and and uh she was she was right in inside the glass until she was seeing everything right up close and and dad after the game said this one's close he said she almost made me leave you she almost made me take you with me this time (laughs) so uh but she uh she it was a four-hour ride home for her and she she settled down and she realized how much i love being there and he just said, Be, don't fight as much, will you, Barry? Please don't fight as much. Become an offensive player. I said, yeah, I think I will.
0: I, I was going to ask you, was it the Grim Reaper you fought? What's that? Was it Was it the Grim Reaper? Is that who you fought with Regina? No,
1: I wouldn't remember the Grim Reaper. Anyone that big and tough. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get in the scrap with him, uh, you uh, you remember it. There's no doubt about that. He's uh, He was a uh, big, big, uh, scary man and boy. Great guy. Love a great teammate, but he was scary
2: tough. So, very quickly here. I think you answered this already, but I'm going to ask anyways. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, before you got into coaching and when you finished playing, uh, I wouldn't say... When you finished playing pro, did you play senior at all? Did you come back home and play a year or ten games? Like Were you like Joey that was no. playing senior and got pulled out of there by Scotty Bowman and come back and play in the cup final? No. No,
1: there's no Cinderella story like that for me. I... Uh, I uh, Left uh, uh, playing the one year, uh, drove across country, found a place to live in Medicine Hat that summer. Uh, started uh, coaching Medicine Hat, and then uh, as soon as things didn't work out in Medicine Hat, after Memorial Cup, I went right to Med- uh, right into uh, Seattle. So I uh, there's no none of those Cinderella stories for me. So I uh, I knew I was going to be a better coach than a player. So I figured I would better focus on that.
0: So, you, you know, you had a hell of a coaching career. I mean, stats say, stats say it itself. You know, uh, of course, time comes to an end. You move on to some uh, TV broadcasting. You, you worked with ESPN for, what, 2012 years. Your NHL network, you joined in 2011. I'm not sure. Are you, are you still with NHL network, Barry?
1: I do some stuff with the NHL network. Uh, obviously, mostly with ESPN, but uh, I do, and I enjoy working with the NHL network great guys same as uh same as uh, all my buddies at ESPN so uh, it's it's been a fun ride it's been the uh, the broadcast has uh, been good for me and I will hopefully do it a few more years and hopefully as i mentioned earlier ESPN will be one of those teams that uh, get part of the uh package from the CBA
0: right and i was going to ask you how that transition was too from going from player to coach to broadcasting and then before you answer that it's- also notice that you're uh kind of a hollywood movie star you were in slap shot two you were in mystery alaska uh did, did, did you get to hang out with russell crowe
1: oh yeah i i uh i know a lot of those guys uh obviously kurt russell uh, and uh uh his family they're always in my office after a game goldie hahn uh kate hudson they're always in drinking beer and uh, the LA was so full of uh, stars, they all they all wanted to come and be close to Gretz and shake hands with Gretz and, and so our dressing room was full after every game and obviously during that uh, playoff run uh, you couldn't get a seat, you couldn't get a ticket in LA, you could get uh, Lakers, you could sit anywhere you want you could be on their bench if you wanted but you couldn't get a ticket uh, for the Kings in LA and uh, it, was, it was fun, it was, a, it was a real unbelievable atmosphere and and uh, get all those people involved, and all the characters we had on our team—it was a, it was a, it was a fun, uh, fun couple of weeks, as I mentioned.
2: Alrighty, Barry, that's uh, unbelievable. So now we're, we're going to segue into some golf talk, as this is a golf podcast. But that first thirty-two minutes was unbelievable for our sassy listeners here. Um, how much golf? When do you golf? I mean, because if you don't, we have to hang up right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I do golf, oh. uh, and I'm not playing very good right now, so. Uh, And it's so hot out here in Florida, like it is steaming, guys. It's like there was heat advisory this morning. It's like 90 degrees. Uh, So it's it's not it's not like those chilly mornings in Saskatchewan uh, playing golf. It was downright hot. So, but I I can't blame the weather. I'm just not playing good right now, and I gotta I gotta get out more and get a little bit better again. So maybe
0: a new set of clubs will help.
2: (laughs) Well, it actually was 25 today, and I was melting at work. So.
0: I only imagine what it's down there in Florida right now. So what, what's your handicap, Bear? Uh, I, when I'm playing good, I can get it to like a 10. Oh, well, you and I should go golfing that's, that's together good, then. Yeah, 10's a good number. You, I, you, you know, kick the it shit out of Troy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, come on now, brother. You lose. 10 handicap? You're
2: not a 10. Barry's a Bear's legit 10. If he you a, if you he plays a, in
0: Florida too. If you use mulligans every hole, I'm a 10. Okay. okay.
2: But Bear's not used to mulligans though. So, uh, well, let, let's ask you, Barry. Where's Where's your home course? Do you have a home base?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, probably uh, Calvington, greatest nine hole course in Saskatchewan.
2: Unbelievable.
1: That'd be my home course. You know what? I'm I'm not a I'm not a golf club snob. I'll play anywhere. I'll play anybody anywhere, uh, any foursome. I don't care. Uh, so I uh, that doesn't matter to me. I just I enjoy getting out. I enjoy heading it around, having a couple cold ones and. And uh, being with some hockey guys and tell some stories like we're doing right here.
2: Well, so speaking of I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that you would have started golfing then at a very young age. I mean, probably didn't help that you're you're probably playing baseball as well, too. That wouldn't help your golf swing. But you must have started golf at a young age.
1: No, I didn't start golf at a young age. I started golf at a late age uh, for that reason, because I was on a farm. And so I was playing baseball or fastball uh, four nights a week and then we'd be gone every Sunday. So uh, baseball was a, a very important thing to all of us guys. We had great teams. We played all over Saskatchewan. We beat the city teams. We beat everybody. So uh, so it was a fact that I didn't play as much golf as I, I should have when I was young, but I enjoyed baseball so much that uh, I never really worried about it. And then as, uh, as it got harder and harder to find guys to play baseball, that's when I started playing golf. And, and uh, as I said, I got to a point where I wasn't too bad. I got to got to get to that point again, I guess.
0: So, in, in your opinion, again, your opinion, uh, what's what's the best golf course that you've gotten to play in in, in your time golfing, anywhere?
1: I, I would say anywhere. I would have to say Wingfoot in New York. That that's a that's a legit world course. It's one of the you know it's one of the best courses in the United. It's one of the best courses in the world. I haven't played uh, Pebble. Uh, I, I played a number of good courses, but Wingfoot uh, would be that—that uh, uh, that would stand up with any course uh, in in America or in the world. So I, I always—and uh, I played pretty well that day too. Maybe that's why I like it. Hey, I had a good day at Wingfoot, made some nice shots, and and sunk a few putts. Had a pretty good score.
0: <laughs> so you also said Kelvington's still like your home track. How often are you getting back to Kelvington, and uh, are you, you know, still like- guys?
1: It's getting, it, it's harder and it's harder and harder to get back. Uh, I know I, t- I saw Kelly uh, a few months ago and, and I don't know if Kelly's going to get home to Porcupine this year. Wendell don't get home much. Carrie doesn't get home much. Uh, Joey doesn't get home much. So I, I would like, I would love to say that I get home every year for, for a week, but uh, uh, that's not the case. So I'm a little embarrassed about that. And um, There's no place I'd rather be right now than Calvington and, as I mentioned, uh, playing in the cooler weather and seeing all the people I grew up with.
2: So, Barry, uh, just quick question here before I mean, we'll, we'll just pause the golf here. Um, we, we talked off record about it. I mean, are you involved in any charity work at all? And if so, uh, you know,
1: no, not not a specific charity. I, I'm one of those guys that you know, uh, if I get invited to something, I'll do it. Uh, I'll gladly do it, and uh, you know, I, I try and uh, give as much as i can uh you know the the 10 percent rule uh there's so many great charities out there so many so many people that need help especially now with what's going on so I, i try and i try and spread myself out and 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 be a good samaritan but there's not one charity that that uh i i give to consistently and that's probably you know bad on me that i don't do that and do more of that
2: so, okay, well, let, let's spin this back now with some golf here. Um, who's your favorite PGA golfer?
1: Well, you got to go with Dustin Johnson, right, guys? He's a, really? A, he could be a Gretzky, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's great, and he plays an exciting style of golf. So I, I'd probably say DJ.
0: Yeah, we're more Abraham Answer fans here on this podcast, but that's... Uh, why. He's great, we're, I love him. We're a little biased because our, 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 our cousin on the other side of the family is the caddy for Abraham Answer, so on, on the Wagman side. So
1: there, there's, there's going to be more Canadians playing Connor. Connor's a Canadian
0: kid, right? Con- Corey's a, Yeah. Yes, Corey yeah. Connors. We actually had his caddy on last week. Yeah. So I, I, we're starting to,
1: we're starting to get more and more Canadian kids playing on there. So, uh, well, Abe's actually Bobby's from,
0: from he, he's from Mexico, grew up in Texas. And then, yeah, like I said, our, our cousin yeah, I, on I, the I, other side of the family is the caddy.
1: Yeah. But, uh, I definitely, I, I know who you're talking about and I certainly, uh, uh, any uh, any Canadian kid uh, that's playing, uh, that's, my, that's my player that I uh, cheer for that day. There's no doubt about it.
2: Are you, are you going, Troy? You're not going? Okay. It's your turn. Um, it's my turn. Okay, well here, let's quickly do this one here, Barry, before we go into our segment. Uh, questions from the gallery. Uh, God. Let's just go right off the top here. What's the most cash you've played for? And did you get stroked or did you win?
1: Uh, uh, well, I'm not a big gambler, so I'm not going to sit here and say, I think, uh, uh, we were up at Greenwater, I think Kelly was there, A buddy of mine, Daryl Jillings, who's a dentist in Saskatoon, uh, my brother was there, and, uh, I think we, uh, <sighs> I think we, uh, lost 500 bucks to, uh, Kelly, Ooh. Kelly and
2: Daryl. Oh, that and might, might be the most money on, on the pod.
1: All, my brother almost had a heart attack, He's never, uh. He never played for money like that before. Are we talking Uncle so, uh, Warren? That was fun. Well, he was he was hurt and he was nervous, man. He had number one she's Barry, I got no money. So, So obviously we were in a in a hole right there. When Warren didn't have any money, but we uh, we played well, but uh it was it was a fun day. Anytime all of us guys
0: get together, it's a fun day. I'll have to make sure that Auntie Bev's not listening to this podcast so she doesn't hear that story. <laughs>
2: All righty, Barry, off to uh, questions from the gallery here sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code OFFTHEHAUSEL20 for 20% off on all your orders. That's OFFTHEHAUSEL20 for 20% off of all of your orders.
0: Troy, so go first. first question there, Barry, comes from Tim off our Facebook page, and he wants to know what your ultimate highs and lows as an NHL coach were. Oh, uh,
1: the high, I would say winning the Moral Cup, uh because uh, that was my first coaching job um, I had a great bunch of kids uh that, that played their hearts out for me uh and and to be the one of the few teams that' had done it two years in a row uh that was that was a, a great moment i i still love the, I love those guys and and I got picked you know, I got pictures up and still you know just a lot of memories so that would be the best and the and the toughest would be uh losing game two against Montreal. Uh, we'd won game one. We were leading game two. Uh, gold Pulled the goaltender and they scored, tied it up, and then beat us in overtime. That's a series I thought we were going to win uh, after we played so well in game one and uh, were so much better than them in game one. Of course, in, in game two up until the, uh, they pulled the goalie. So that would be the toughest uh, game, was that game two against Montreal in Montreal.
2: So Barry, for myself, and this is a personal question I'm going to ask you right now, and I think listeners will like it. I think um, me, who's a hockey coach, and wanting to get to where you got to, um, what's a typical day in the life of a head coach of an NHL team? You know, right from morning to you know you're going home. Like, like what's what are you doing? Are you video? Are you what are you eating a bagel? Are you not eating? L- l- let's walk us through that.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, it's different now, obviously, uh, but um, you. When you, you get up in the morning, I was always the first guy at the rink. Uh, I love the rink, so I would always be the first guy at the rink. And then uh, the older guys would do weight training, uh, the guys that weren't in school. Uh, I I always uh, pushed the kids to go to school if they could. I thought it was better for them to go to school. Uh, you know, they meet more kids and, and become more well-rounded and, and get an education, a better education, uh, you know, because I, I had to tell them that, I, I, hate, I hate to burst you guys' bubble, but not every one of you are going to make the NHL. So, one, yeah. they have a, something to fall back on. And uh, so, around, after school, around 3 o'clock, we'd have practice. Um, I was a big believer in practice. Uh, we, work, we worked really hard, um, you know, uh, one one hour to two hours. And then, uh, you know, we'd, uh, if we were playing the game the next day, we'd go over some stuff. But other than that, the guys would, uh, guys would head back home. So, but it. It was. It's work, man. It's hard work. You've got to be prepared. you You got to, uh, got to uh, make sure they're ready to play. Uh, you got to be disciplined. They're young guys. Uh, they're, they have pension to get in trouble. You can't let them get in trouble. you got to know what they're doing. But uh, I love coaching junior kids. It's my favorite place to coach. I, I love the American League, but uh, I, I enjoyed my time in Madison very, very much.
0: So Tanner chimed in on the Instagram page, and he wants to know if if your hockey career had been so successful what what career path would have you chosen
1: uh, I would have been a, uh, a history teacher
0: really why
1: i uh, i loved uh, I, I, I loved school I was a very good student i loved history I still love history uh, so i would have uh i would have uh, became a history teacher I probably went to uh University of Saskatoon, got a history degree, and ended up coaching some of your kids uh, at school somewhere. So that would have been uh, that would have been the, what I think I would have done uh, if if coaching didn't work out for me.
0: And that's why I know we're second cousins because coasters don't do well in school. Melrose must. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, just didn't
1: apply yourself.
0: I heard that
2: my whole well, life. Well, we thought we were going to the NHL, so we didn't uh, try. Exactly. Someone should have told you. Not, not everyone gets there. <laughs> Um, Okay, Barry. Uh, toughest guy you've ever fought? Win, loss, or draw? There's no draws, though. Oh,
1: uh, uh, probably Bobby Nyström beat the crap out of me one night in Toronto, <laughs> right in front of the right in front of the uh, uh, goal, goal crease. And oh. Bobby uh, Bobby Neisham was tough. He was he was a good player. He was a great guy. He was a leader on that uh, Islander team that won all those cups. But he uh, he fed me my lunch that night. I can't even lie to you and say I tied him. I, it was a resounding loss. I got to give him the L. I got to give him the W.
0: <laughs> so one of our actual faithful comment people on our Facebook this is page, a beauty one. Yeah, he he chimes in. His name's Brian Fitzpatrick. He, he he chimes in on every one of these posts with questions, and he wants to know quote about your glorious mullet you had and will you ever grow it back
1: <laughs> uh give me that again i couldn't hear you very good
0: oh yeah brian wants to know about your glorious mullet and will you ever grow it back
1: uh I, i've sort of i've changed it i my hair is still very long i don't know if you guys uh have seen it during the uh, pand- pandemic but it's still very long I think I've had three haircuts already. I think my <laughs> hair grows faster when I'm not when I'm uh, watching TV than really when I was on it. So uh, I'm at, no, I don't think I'll get a haircut. I think I, you know. I think uh, guy my age now, 64, uh, it's pretty. You know, when when you're seeing a guy 64 and he's still got hair down to his shoulder, I think that's something to be proud of, not something to uh, worry about cutting off. So I think I think I'll probably have that that hair until. Uh, Tell so my uh, sons to grab me and drive me to the, uh, to the graveyard and
2: tell me
0: something. Do, I don't blame you too much, Barry, because Rick, he's 64 too, and uh, yeah, there's a reason he wears a hat all the time. So, Okay,
2: Barry, uh, this is, this is um, I don't know, how do you want to answer this question? As a player and as a coach, what is the best chirp you've heard on the ice? Well, the best
1: chirp? One of the best lines uh, I ever. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys a, a good story. Uh, it's not really well. It's sort of a trip. I'm, I'm coaching in LA. We just called this guy. I'm not going to mention any names. So we called this kid up from the minors to play that night. And uh, tough kid, really good kid. And uh, morning skate, everyone's flying around the ice, and I just everyone is yelling at this kid. Hey, two people. Hey, two people. What are you doing? Two people over here. Two people behind the net. So I, I see Charlie Huddy, and I see I call Charlie over. And I said, Charlie, why do you call him that kid that we called up from the miners? Why do you guys call him two people? And Charlie looked at me and said, Barry, that's because one person can't be that stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that
1: that is without a doubt the best nickname I've ever heard in my life. Two people, and uh, I remember till the day I die. I, remember, I know the guy, and uh, I still see him once in a while, but uh, that. That's that's being creative. That was a good nickname.
2: That's so, a good one. Uh, I figured it
1: shoulda, it shoulda got some uh, due. So I, uh, I, uh, I always enjoy that story.
2: Okay, now I want to spin this now to either same as a coach or as a player. Um, one of the best rookie pranks that you've seen, or been a part of. Well, uh, you
1: know, it's not a good time to be talking about pranks. And stuff. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Going on and- you're right. In TV right now, uh, what I, you know, I one of one of the funniest ones I saw was uh, uh, our goalie. You, the guys, you know, in junior hockey, very few days off. Like you're, you're, you played seventy games. You almost played an NHL schedule, and you're on a bus. But uh, when when the guys came to me, I think we'd won like seven in a row. Guys came up to me and said, "Barry, could we get can we get a night off? We haven't had a night off. We're working our butts off. We're playing well." And I said, "You know what? That's a good idea." So uh, I called my captain. Dean Chanel was my captain. Robbie uh, Robbie DeMaio was one of my assistants. And I said, "Okay, you guys can have a, you guys can have the night off. I don't want to know anything. What's going on? All I want to know is you guys are all together, and you guys make sure everyone's together." Yeah. And. uh I want to see, uh, see you guys tomorrow at the rink, and we'll have a great practice. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a great practice. We'll have a great practice. So about 2 in the morning, I get a call. Dean Chanel, Dean, Dean gets in the phone and says, Barry, you got to get over here. Pitsy's crazy. And Mark Fitzpatrick was our, was our goaltender, one of the best goaltenders in the, uh, in the uh, Western Hockey League. And uh, I said, what's going on? Fifties went nuts. you got to get over there. you got to get over there. So I, ju- I, I jump in my car. I rush over there. It's wintertime. And I come around this corner, and I, my lights hit this sort of field. And out in the field, there's 18 hockey players in a circle, and one guy in the middle of the circle with booster cables swinging them around in, in the, the air. <laughs> so I get over there. And Dean, what the heck's going on here? I didn't say what the heck. She said, Barry, we're you
0: know ex- we're explicit. Everything
1: was good. Everything was good. There was not a problem, and and all of a sudden, Fitzy, Fitzy turns to uh, somebody and says, uh, "You were the worst second round pick in the history of the NHL." Oh. And so <laughs> so, that, so that started it. And uh, So you got half the guys trying to stop the fight, half the guys trying to kill Fitzy. <laughs> so they 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 got me because they were they had to get me because they didn't want to call me, but they were scared Fitzy was going to hit someone with the booster case. <laughs> so I get over there, uh, I settle him down, I settle Fitzy down, I uh, I take I get him home. Uh, then the next day I have to think of what I'm going to say when I see all those guys at the meeting the next morning. So, but that. Uh, you mentioned coaching, you know, you don't get you don't get that in coaching 101. It's not said that this will happen when you're a coach. You guys, something not, like this happens all the time when you're a coach. You just got to be ready for it.
0: Not, yeah. not not in the manual, right? So, uh, you know, most NHL players are, oh, they're known as golfers, right? 90% of them. Drew, would you agree with me? 100%. very uh, who are some of the absolute sticks, on the course that you've played with or against on the golf course? Like who, who are some of the just, Oh my God, these guys, who's your partner. Who's
2: yeah. your partner? Who are you going to battle with?
1: Danny Quinn. Danny Quinn was a great golfer. Danny, Danny was going to, uh, uh his goal was to play on the senior tour. You know, the uh, is too. A lot of the guys want to play in the senior tour, but Danny Quinn used to win all those, uh, tournaments like Rick Roden won. And, uh, those pro-ams where the, uh, the athletes go in there with the uh, the pros. And right. Danny Quinn was always, if he didn't win it, he was first or second. So if I, uh, when Danny Quinn was playing, if I had to choose one guy for my foursome uh, or for my uh, twosome to go play, I'd be Danny Quinn. I, he was he was as good a hockey player golfing as there was for, you know, five to seven year span.
2: Okay, Barry. Um, favorite bevy at the 19th uh, hole?
1: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a blue guy. Uh, I'm a Labatt's blue guy. I uh, I love Canadian beer. I don't get it enough. So when I get back to Saskatchewan and I'm out on the uh, links, I uh, I like a nice cold uh, Labatt's blue.
0: Great answer, Labatt's blue. God, I man, I want to go have I want to go have one right now. No, Drew, that's not Molson. <laughs> oh, we're a Molson podcast, Barry. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> So, you can't expect me to know that. <laughs> well, that's right. But now you do. So next time, Molson's. We'll, we'll cut that out. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, just cut it out. So ultimate, ultimate foursome, who would it be?
1: Oh, you know who the ultimate foursome would be? Me, Chaser, Wendell, and Joey.
0: Not bad. Not bad. That's pretty ul- cool. There's my ultimate foursome. That's pretty cool.
1: Guys I grew oh. up with. Guys, I saw grow up. Uh, those would be the that'd be the force foursome I'd love to love to have.
0: Any hole in ones?
1: That crew. I've never had a hole in one. I've uh, hey me neither. Uh, me
0: neither. That's three of us. The guys,
1: I play with. They can barely hit the ball ahead of themselves, and they're getting three and four holes in one. <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there. I'm not a bad player. I've never had a hole in one. So I so it's uh, it it is a bone of contention.
2: I'd be timid to play like Joey and Wendell in a match as if I started winning they beat the shit out of me in the golf course. <laughs> hey, that's right. It's
3: vicious.
0: Well, vicious. Uh, and you
1: change partners. You have to play four times, so you change partners every time.
0: So, you know, Barry, before we close this out here, uh, do, you have, do you have any advice for our younger listeners on pursuing hockey or their golf career?
2: And especially before you answer that, Barry, I wanted to ask that because, uh, you know, as a guy that wants to pursue a coaching job one day, um, you like I said, you've been there, you've won, and your resume is unbelievable. Um, I mean, you're kind of speaking to me and speaking to our other 7,000 listeners listening to the show. Um, but yeah, just some advice for all our listeners. Sorry, Troy, just want to add that in there
1: uh, confidence, um, work your butt off, uh, be prepared, never be outworked. The one thing you can make sure of is you can't, you can, you don't have, you can never be outworked. That, that can be. That can be taken care of from the individual and uh, you uh, that's the most important thing you got you got you to uh, push your players you got to believe in your players they got to believe in you but uh, you know effort, effort wins a lot of games and then you know we have this saying that hundred percent of winning showing up and uh, if you can get your team to show up most nights you're gonna win a lot of those games strictly on that so uh, but again just be the hardest working team every night just stress that. It doesn't matter where, if it's at home or on the road. At the end of the night, when you look at the mirror in the dressing room, you just make sure they like what they see, and that's usually effort.
2: Well, Barry, uh, I actually have one quick question here before you go. Is there any last, you know, good, funny story, you know, from playing, coaching, golfing? Uh, just uh, lay it on us here, and if not, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later.
1: Uh, you know what? I can't think of one right now, guys, but I'd like to thank you for having me on your show. You guys are uh, very well prepared, which is good to see. And I wish you all the best in your uh, endeavors uh, in the next uh, you know, part of your life.
0: Thanks so much, Barry. Appreciate it. Thanks, Barry.
1: My pleasure, guys.
0: Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs, coors light me to chill
2: already Troy there's the interview with Barry Malrose and i think we couldn't got a better interview from him
0: no it was great i mean Barry's family i i know Barry a lot more than you do um humble brag humble brag <laughs> yes uh no he was, he was a really good interview a lot of a lot of good stories i mean he's he's done it all in the nhl i mean right well from junior right to the nhl and a yeah. uh, hell of a golfer i mean lives in florida full time so Yeah,
2: no, it was a lot of fun with Barry. You know, when we got him on, you know, thanks to Brady Melrose, obviously, uh, that's his nephew. Thanks, cousin. Yeah, so got him on, and I hope all the Calverton boys, I hope everyone in Saskatchewan liked this pod, because it was, um, you know, again, we're going to have different guests on. We're going to have special guests on, but it all retains back to golf, right? So, and even if they don't golf, we're going to ask golf stories. And Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan. So, uh, I would say a, a local legend. Really, in in the hockey side of things. Uh, done a lot of great things. So thanks again to Barry. Um
0: If you want more stats on Barry, drive up to Kelvington and look at the big hockey cards on the side of the highway there. You can't miss it. (laughs) You cannot miss it. And bear all our family up there anyways. So one day you and I'll get up there.
2: Yeah, we gotta go see is Tom. Is his name Tom? I think it's Tom. Tom from the clubhouse in Kelvington. Oh Tommy, yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna find out if it's Tom or not. Um anyhow, quickly here, Troy. Again, it's Wednesday now. Let's just say it's afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. Next week, I know guys are already up in and practicing for the Sask Am, the 109th. Uh, defending champ Danny Cluehart is, I'm sure, ready to make another run for it. I, wish, I want to wish everyone that I know that's playing in it the best of luck. Have fun. Um, you know, keep it straight out there. And if it's windy, don't use your driver or hit it straight because it's not a fun course in the wind. Turf burner. But I heard warman's courser right now is is in unbelievable shape well, so and
0: we're gonna get up there and see it so
2: we will yeah we we'll don't see davey Matizer up there so um troy if you have anything quickly here before we move on
0: well again i just wanted to uh plug the social media because that's part of my job so facebook off the hosel twitter instagram at underscore off the hosel want you guys all to go over to facebook check out our friends over at hook line and sinker get in on that candle lake golf package unlimited golf for four people free booze free townhouse cabin it's 30 bucks for your ticket there's 11 left that draw will be done very very soon if you have any questions message drew or i will help you get through it we'll help you get signed up for it and then uh, the last thing drew wanted to mention is our, our big giveaway we'll be doing that again this coming friday 1 30 p.m somebody's going to be uh very happy
2: yeah and you know lastly again we'll give a quick little shout out here player golf chase porter uh 20 off off the hosel 20 for 20 percent off all your purchases so head on over there they have great stuff great apparel it's fits nice me i guess and fits everyone else so check them out uh I don't have much more, Troy. This is a long one today, you guys. Sorry again for this, but it, I don't think you're going to be skipping the button on this one too much. It's a lot of fun right from start to finish. So. Go
0: Rambo. You like Ron, eh? Johnny.
2: Uh, you know, I was in a pick. God, I don't know if I- can't change your mind. No, now, I brother. can't. I, I'm all in on uh, Keegan Bradley and the goat. Yeah, goat. Tiger Ron. Woods. Um, Troy, always a pleasure, man. I, hope, I really hope that uh, your things are figured out at your place there. And yeah, man, take care. You too, brother. Okay, guys. Have a great Wednesday, Thursday, rest of the week. Good luck next week, fellas. Peace. Ram, eh? Rambo. God, I just couldn't do it. The Spaniard. Remember how used to it? Yeah, that's
0: why I love it. Let's go to Tampa Lake brother. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Peace.